On the Pasuk, Vayipoil al-Tzavri binyamin achiv vayevk, that Yosef falls on the neck of his brother binyamin and cries, u binyamin bocha al-Tzavorov, and binyamin cries on Yosef's neck. The Gemara tells us that bocha Yosef, Yosef was crying on the two mikdoshin, on the two bate mikdosh, which were going to be in the portion of binyamin, and were going to be destroyed. And this is hinted in the word savre in the plural, two bate mikdosh. Binyamin was crying on the Mishkan of Shiloh that was going to be in the portion of Yosef, and it too was going to be destroyed. Now the reason why the Beis Hamikdash is specifically being hinted in the word Tzavor in a neck, the Medrash tells us on the Posik, Kimigdal David Tzavorech, a Posik in Shir Hashirim, that just like the neck is in the higher part of the person, so to the Beis Hamikdash is begovoi shaloylam in the higher portion of the world. However, when it says begovoi shaloylam, it doesn't mean that it's at the very, very peak, at the very, very highest point. But rather, as the Gemara explains on the Pasuk Uvein Ksef of Shachin, that the Beis Hamikdash was 23 Amois lower than the place called Ein Etam, the well of Etam, which would have been the highest point. And this is similar to the neck of the person, which is in the higher portion of the body, but a little bit beneath the head. And on the contrary, as the Gemara says, that when they were making the Beis Hamikdash, they said, let's put it down a little bit, not at the very, very highest point, because of the post says, Uvein safe of Shachain, just like by an ox, that the most beautiful part is his shoulders. So when we say begovoi shaloylam doesn't mean in the very very highest point, but within the high the higher part. So the Rebbe says seemingly, what would be the advantage? What would be the beauty when it's not at the very very highest point? The Rebbe asks, Mimonavshech. Either way you look at it, seems to be a problem. If there's no advantage in it being high, then why do we need to be told that the base hamigdash is going to be within the highest point of the world? If being high is an advantage, as it seems to be from this Maimar Chazal, then apparently the higher it would be, the better it would be. So what would be the reason that the Beis HaMikdash should be 23 Amois beneath that highest point? Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first explaining the idea and the function of the neck, which is like an intermediary, it's in between the head and the rest of the body. The general highest, the general vitality of the person is in the brain that's within the head. But then it comes down from the head to the body through the various different parts within the throat, which is the corner, the windpipe, the food pipe, the veins that are within the throat. That's as far as the highest is concerned. So too in regards to the seichel, to the intellect that's in the brain and that needs to then go and impact the heart. So the fact that the seichel, at least the chitzoni is the more external part of the seichel, needs to travel down from the brain to the heart and from there influencing the rest of the body as well, is again going through this narrower part of the throat, which separates between the head and the rest of the body. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand that there's a certain advantage in the neck, even over the head, because it's specifically this part, the neck, the throat, that brings about the whole purpose of what the head is supposed to be into its tachlis, into its purpose, bringing it down bottom line. Number one is that all of the rest of the parts of the body should get their chayis from the head. 
Number two, that they should be all be acting according to the seichel, according to the intellect within the head. It's specifically through the throat that both of these functions, both of these aspects come into fruition. Now, even though you would say that objectively speaking, the head is obviously much greater than the throat by itself, and that's why it is higher. Nevertheless, this advantage, this quality of the head is only if we're looking at the order of the levels that they are. So yes, technically the Rosh is on a higher level. But if we want to speak about what the whole purpose, what the whole task, the function of what the head is supposed to be achieving, so here there is going to be an additional quality, specifically in the Tzavar, in the neck, specifically because it's lower, because it is the intermediary, it's going to be the one to have the ability to bring down the highest as well as the seichel from the head down into the goof. Now that we established how the neck works, says the Rebbe, the same thing is true with the base Hamigdash, that we compare it specifically to the neck. And again, the whole quality is that we bring it down a little bit, not at the very, very top. Because the whole idea of the base Hamigdash is that through it, the godly oir should come down to the whole world, even down to the lowest point, even down to the lowest level, and therefore, the base of English was specifically not at the very, very top, but only within the higher part, but not in the very top of the world, not removed, not exalted, not on top, higher in the world, because then we would say it's too high from being able to bring down and to illuminate into the whole world. Rather, it's brought down a little bit. That means it's brought closer to the world in order to illuminate the world. Like the neck of the person, that's a little bit lower than that the head that's completely higher and above. Rather, it's a little bit closer to the body, and therefore it is, as we said, the mamutza, the intermediary, and it is the one that could bring the head and the body together. Says that the same thing is true in the personal base of the truth in each and every yid. When you have the nefesh olikis, it could be in one situation where it's completely removed, but the idea is that it's not removed from the rest of the body. Rather, it's clothed in the body, it's involved in the body, it's refining, it's elevating the nefesh Bahamis, it's elevating his body, it's elevating his portion in the world. And only then could the person become a proper mishkan, a, pra- a proper mikdash for Hashem's light. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand why Yosef is falling on the neck of Binyamin, also in the literal sense, and crying... And Binyamin is crying on his neck because seemingly the question could be asked, why is it that they're crying on the necks of each other? Why not on the head, which would be the greater part and the most important part of the person? But based on what we said, it's understood. The whole purpose of a Yid is as Chazal tells us, I was only created to serve Hashem. That means to fulfill Hashem's purpose and why He created all the worlds. And that is to make a dira betachtoinim. And that is dependent on the avoid of Bnei Yisrael. Because as we know, everything is within the hands of heaven, besides Yerushalayim, which is the whole basis for Avoidah. That means it's all about the Yid doing the avoid of making Gadira B'tachtoinim for Hashem. Through every person refining himself, his body, and his nefesh Bahamas and his portion in the world, and therefore most important and crucial over here, even more than the head, is the idea of the neck, meaning bringing down the oil of Hashem, down in to his body, because through, specifically through this, we are fulfilling the Savoida. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why Yosef and Minyamin are each crying on the necks of each of the brothers, not on the head. Because number one, for the head of the Yid, which would mean his Neshama itself, there's nothing to cry for. 
The neshama of the yid is always perfect. It's always faithful to Hashem. Even if chas v'shalom, the person is doing the wrong things, the neshama always remains perfect. Number two, the whole purpose of the yid is not within the head. It's not within the avoid of the neshama by itself, for itself. But rather within the neck, meaning to say to bring down the oil of Hashem and the oil of the neshama into his guf, into his nefesh Bahamas, into his portion of the world, as said before. However, says the Rebbe, we still need to understand, the question is, why is Yosef crying for the Mikdashis? In Binyamin's portion, Binyamin is crying for the Mishkan. That's in Yosef's portion, seemingly, each one should be crying on the Churban of his own Beis HaMikdash. That's in his own portion. Don't we say, Adam Karev Eitzalatzmi, the person is closest, first and foremost, to himself. He should be crying for his own issues. In fact, we say this to such an extent that even when it comes to Avas Yisroel, and even the way Chassidus explains the importance of Avas Yisroel, in how great it is, both in quality and in quantity, how great this Ava needs to be. Nevertheless, even when we have Avas Yisroel, and we say, you have to it's only like yourself, what we call Chaf a Chaf which is only comparing, it's still never the Mamish, the same Ava that a person actually loves himself. And as it says in Igeris HaKodesh, in the very letter that it discusses how much a yid needs to give tzedakah, and how much chesed the person has to have when he gives tzedakah, and so on. Nevertheless, he brings the halacha over there, which the Gemara says, that if a person only has one jug of water that's going to be enough, only either for himself or for the other person, chayecha koidman, your own life comes first. If that's the case, certainly everyone should be concerned, even more so with his own besamikdash, and therefore, what should he be crying for? First and foremost, should be for his churban of his own Beis HaMikdash. Another question. On the Pasuk that discusses Yosef's meeting with Yaakov, the Pasuk says, Vayipol Yosef al Tzavarov, Yosef falls on the neck of Yaakov and cries. Vayevka al Tzavarov oid, cries extra. The Zoya says, Yosef was crying on the Beis HaMikdash that was destroyed. And that's actually why it says al of oi, because it was an extra amount of crying also for this last golos that we're in right now. So that's why there was extra crying. So Yosef is crying for the Churban Beis HaMikdash. The question is, why is only Yosef crying for the Churban Beis HaMikdash? Why isn't Yaakov crying? Now, ya- Rashi tells us, in the name of Rabbi Seinu, that Yaakov was at the time saying Shema. However, says the Rebbe, According to what we just said from the Zoyer, why Yosef is crying, seemingly this is not enough of an answer. If we say that Yosef is crying just in the simple sense, he's not crying for the Churban, and Yaakov is, cr- not cr- is, is not crying at the time, and Yaakov is not falling on Yosef's neck and kissing him, is because Yaakov is saying Shema, so we understand the great avoid of Yaakov. Because even when he sees his son Yosef for the first time after so many years that he thought that he wasn't alive, Nevertheless, he doesn't interrupt his avoid of Krishna. Furthermore, his great simcha didn't stop him from having a proper kavana in reading that first parsik of Shema that needs kavana. But according to the Zoya, that the reason that Yosef is getting emotional over here is because of the Churban Beis Hamikdash. How is Yaakov not becoming emotional and being bothered by the Churban Beis Hamikdash? How could he then go ahead and be saying Shema bekavana if the issue is Churban Beis Hamikdash? So to explain all of this, the Rebbe first explains the concept of crying. In the simple sense, in worldly matters. Usually what crying achieves is, it makes the person crying feel a bit better. As we see clearly, 
that when a person is crying for something that's really troubling him, so the crying itself can't actually fix anything about that which caused the pain. But when the person cries, he's feeling a little bit better. Similar to the passage that says, My tears were like my bread. Which as the Rebbe points out in the footnotes over here, based on the Mepharshim, which means that when the person is crying, he's feeling a little bit better as if he's eaten. He doesn't even need to eat. So from this we understand, says the Rebbe, when you could go ahead and fix something, so then there's no room to start calming yourself down through crying. Rather, you have to go and do something, fix it up. Therefore, says the Rebbe, when a person sees the Churban of his friends, based on Mikdash, he participates in his pain and he cries. However, the main fixing of the Beis HaMikdash of somebody else to, re, to make it, to fix it up is not dependent on him. It's dependent on the other person. Of course, you're able to and you need to help the other person. Maybe by telling him off in a pleasant and nice way. Maybe by davening for him, being moirachmim for him. But practically to get rid of the Avedis that caused the Churban Beis HaMikdash is dependent on the other person who has his own free choice. And when you did everything you can to help your friend, and yet you see that this person's base Hamikdash is still destroyed, so it touches you so deeply that you're crying for it. However, when a person sees his own churban base Hamikdash, his own personal base Hamikdash, then of course he can never suffice just by crying and sighing. Rather, you have to do whatever you can to fix up and to rebuild the base Hamikdash by doing your avoid to bring the geula, your individual geula inside of yourself. Unless, of course, says that if the crying is tears of tshuva. Which then itself, the crying is also some way of fixing and building, as the Possum says, We say to the Amishter, put my tears, my crying, into your jug. So then it's achieving something. But generally, the crying isn't achieving anything. In fact, sometimes it can even weaken the avoid of our own building of our own base on English, saying to ourselves, I was yoitz already by crying. Therefore, says the Rebbe, Yosef and Yamin are each crying for the base on English of the other. What about Yaakov? Yaakov is not crying for the Churban Beis HaMikdash. What's Yaakov doing? Yaakov is saying Shema. Because Yaakov is the father of all Bnei Yisrael. And therefore, both the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash is considered in his portion. And therefore, what's he doing? He's being involved in building the Beis HaMikdash. How is that? The Beis HaMikdash is about a place to have Karbonis being brought over there. We know that Chazal tell us that when a person says Shema, it's as if he brought Karbonis, Oilo, and Shlomim, etc. Because the main union of a Karbon is Adam ki Yakriv Mikem Karbon Hashem, bringing yourself closer to Hashem. That's the whole idea of what Krishma is all about. The Mesiras Nefesh in Krishma. To give yourself over when you're saying Hashem Echad. And as we know, Bechol Nafshecha means Afilu Noitelis Nafshecha. And therefore, that's what Yaakov is doing. He's, a, he's involved in building the Beis HaMikdash through his Shema. Ah, you're going to ask, since they saw in Ruach HaKodesh that the Mishkan and the Migdash are going to be destroyed, so seemingly it was already decreed, what else could you do? So the Rebbe says, we know the Chazal tell us that Afilu Cherev Chada, even if there's a sharp sword on the neck of a person, he should never hold himself back from davening to Hashem. And even if it's after Gzardin, you can, through Avoidah, to tear up that Gzardin, that decree. And as we find this in regards to Chizkiah, where Yeshaya Hanavi had given him over a nevuah that Chizkiah is going to pass away. Chizkiah turns to Yeshaya and says, stop saying your nevuah, leave, go away. And he turns around, turns to the wall and starts davening to Hashem. And his davening was affected, was effective. 
as the pasuk says, Shamati I heard your prayer, and because of that, he was given another fifteen years of life, life in the physical and the literal sense down here in this world. The Rebbe says, Chazal tell us, Kol doir, every single generation of the Beis Hamikdash wasn't built in that generation. It's considered as if it destroyed the Beis Hamikdash. Says the Rebbe, the same thing is true with each individual. The fact that a person, the Beis Hamikdash, wasn't built in his days, that means his own personal Beis Hamikdash is destroyed. If his own personal avoid in his own Beis Hamikdash was perfect, the Mashiach would have come and built the general Beis Hamikdash. So this is boyninus. The idea of it is not about sawing and not about crying, but going and doing something about it. Having our own individual geula, the building of the Beis Hamikdash, the individual Beis Hamikdash inside of ourselves. And through that, that will definitely hasten and bring down the general goal. And the Binyan Beis Hamikdash Bum Koimoy through Mashiach Tzitkeinu Bekarev Mamash.